and welcome to Rate That Album, uh, the podcast where myself, Paul Muadib, and my cohort, Joseph Fremming, uh, go in uh, every week, we pick an album, and we dig into it. We decide what we like, what we don't like, kind of give our opinions on it. Uh, this week, I was chosen the album. Uh, but before we get to that, Joe, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. How are mm. you doing? Yeah, living the damn dream. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this week uh, I picked um, uh, a a very, very new album. Only came out a couple months ago. Uh, the Flaming Lips' uh, American Head. Um, Joe, before we get into it, what's your preliminary uh, thoughts on this album? So this came out, what was it, October or September? September. came out September. And I list, I remember listening to it, and at the time, it, it didn't do anything for me. And I talked to my buddy Caleb about it, and he he told me something that you know I remembered when I I remember when I listened to it for this. He's like, "No, dude, this is this is a winter album, and it is uh, this album." needs to be listened to in the dead of winter. And that's that's where I'm at with it. That's a very your friend Caleb very very insightful on his part because I can yeah, it totally has that winter vibe going through it. Um and you know um there isn't a whole lot I can say about the background because it is so new. That's one of the difficult things. You know, when we pick an album that's older that we've done we could kind of talk about, you know, we know what was going on in the background, things like that. But what I did find was an interesting uh, interview uh, with Wayne Coyle, um, the, the lead singer of the Flaming Lips, on NPR. And what he said was that um, they, they did a very Pink Floyd thing with this album, where they weaved in life experiences and it, with, with drips of fiction um to you know this is i think if anything their most personal album uh reason why first of all it's called american head is off you know, they want to get back to the american roots but this is really them looking at their life in a way and they wanted to talk about as they gotten older the loss of friends the impact on families um when it comes to kind of just the the drug use and depression and death and where this all came from uh, which was a shock to me was this this album came to rain coil when tom petty died like that was that was the beginning spark to this whole album was uh you know uh, was when tom petty died and kind of the way tom petty lived and that kind of thing how he's fairly young comparatively when he passed away um yeah. go ahead Wayne Boyne is he's like he's in his 60s now. Yeah. yep he's in his 60s uh and i just kind of want to piggyback on that because uh, when this came out he was on uh wtf uh, mark maron's podcast mm-hmm. and he was talking about a lot of this and uh one of my favorite songs on this he actually gives like a description of where it came from and uh, I'll just do it. It's the song "Mother, Please Don't Be Sad." And it's yeah, time. Uh, he worked at here's a and what I learned from that interview. He worked at Long John Silver's for 17 years. I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and what happened was like, it was in the 80s, and uh, there was a string of armed robberies, 
in because in Oklahoma, I forget the city he was in at the time, wherever the band's from, and uh, he was you know robbed at gunpoint, and uh, wow. that experience built that song, and like I was like, and when I was listening to him talk about it, I was like. Yeah, I, I can totally see that in the lyrics and all that because, you know, he's talking about very vivid imageries and all that. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to the lyrics, those are there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's this is like for me, it's like one of their most personal albums. It's it's dark. It's sparse. In a sense, uh, it's very mm-hmm. low key. Uh, again, it's a winter album. You know, it's like, you know, it it, it feels cold at times. Very much so. Very much so, and they uh, they formed in 1983. Um, in uh, they're from um, uh, Oklahoma City. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was he was robbed at Long John Silver's. Uh, Thirty odd years later, he writes one of their best songs about being robbed while working the register. At Long right, John's. and I think I think the thing is is that um, now keep in mind that this is their 16th album. Um, and that I don't think most people know that they put out 16 albums, Flaming Lips has, and that they've been around since 1983, and they're still putting out new new music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, when they had their first hit, when they signed on to a major label, did that Transmissions album, like, She Don't Use Jelly, mm-hmm. they'd already been a band for over a decade at that point. Yep, yep, and that was my also my introduction, She Don't Use Jelly. Yeah, I think, it was on, um, I think that song was on Beavis and Butthead, too. So It, it was. <laughs> it was on Beavis and Butthead. Yep. It was on Beavis and Butthead. And if I remember correctly, they were on, oh, Oddities? Uh, the MTV show Oddities? You remember that one? That was a oh, weird oh. time for music. Remember when MTV actually had music? Yeah, yeah. And I've actually... Related programming. <laughs> you know, we can get into that another time. But, yeah, I just... I, there's... Um, uh, there's a documentary or a book coming out um, about MTV and kind of how it came about and um, really interesting stuff there. Um, like just the the roots of what, like the kind of the horrible roots of what started MTV and, you know, knowing where they started and where they are now, why it's no surprise that they are where they are now. <laughs> yeah. Oddities was a, you know, there, there, a lot of people were familiar with Headbangers Ball. Um, now I'm dating myself here and you. Um, with with Matt Pinfield, um, and and 120 minutes, but there was this time where, if you remember, MTV was doing Liquid Television, uh, which was their foray into which was gave birth to Beavis and Butthead and Aeon Flux of all things, where it was this weird um, 30 minute deal of these short cartoons that were just odd to be odd, right? And then afterwards, they'd have oddities, which was these bands that, like, that's how I got introduced to Ween. And these bands that weren't really given a lot of the mainstream time because it would scare modern suburbia. But they were these bands that were just too good not to feature in some way, shape, or form. So it was this tiny tucked corner of... um, of MTV, and if you can find some of the old YouTube clips from that show, um, I would strongly recommend that anyone listen to them. Yeah, yeah, MTV's come a long way. Now Kennedy's on Fox News. <laughs> Remember, she was just a BJ. Oh God, she's on Fox News, really? Yeah, she's their business correspondent. Are you fucking for real? Shit, you're not. 
she was on oh god she was also on that fucking horrible uh game show a friend or foe eh, yeah it doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all yeah but anyway yeah so it was a weird time for music and that's how i became that's what i first learned about flaming lips was probably beavis and butted which is also how i discovered smashing pumpkins because mm-hmm. they did uh i believe the today video where uh Butthead had one of the greatest lines of, let's go paint stuff with the spin doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. But yeah, mm. so, but then the next time I kind of like, once I start, I start getting into them later, like in 2000, when Yoshimi comes out. Yes. Which was and phenomenal. So it's interesting you bring, I was going to bring up Yoshimi as well during this thing, but let's, let's talk about this now. Yoshimi to me is, the album that I compare all Flaming Lips albums to, which is really unfair that I do that, but it's what I do. Um, what I do is uh, uh, Soft Bulletin, which came up before Yoshimi, which I love. Uh, I thought those two albums back-to-back were really what solidified their their style, at least for that time. Um, yes, you know, and that's... So, yes, I listened to Soft Bulletin, which was, which was great, but then Yoshimi took it to another stratosphere in my mind. Um, Yoshimi is, in my mind, one of the last great true concept albums that we've had. And it goes everywhere. It's finan- It's you know, perfectly produced. It's just, to me, it's an A-plus album. Um, so then when other things came out after that, like uh, uh, the, uh, what was it, The Magician or Magi, it all was like a sidestep to me. Until this album... After all these years, this is something that is on the level, or even maybe in my mind, possibly above uh, Yoshimi. That's my opinion. So what? Let's, let's, so let's get into it now. We're getting into this. What is your? What did you like? What's your highlights? And what songs are your favorites on this album? All right. So uh, this is uh, this is it's uh, it plays like a concept album, which I love even though it's kind of like Sgt. Pepper's in a way in which it feels like a concept album, but it's really not. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, the songs kind of work, you know, like they're not like separate songs, but I think like there's different chapters in a sense. Like to me, that's like, there's like two different concept albums on this is the first part, which I'm not a, I like some of it, but like the second part, which Take, starts with uh, at the movies on Quaaludes and goes all the way to uh, uh, Mother, Please Don't Be Sad. Mm-hmm. The, that string of songs to me are just fucking phenomenal. Yes. Okay. So that whole, that middle section from that five. That middle section five. was just, yeah. Uh, yep. Mother have taken LSD, uh, you and Bro- me selling weed, Brother I, Don't Be Sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like, even if we go beyond it, like when we, when we die, when we're high and assassins of youth are just great too. And then it just kind of like, you know, like when we talked about uh, stainless style, the last two tracks kind of like, just feel like they're there. Yes. Which is interesting because my religion is you. The final track was the single, <laughs> which I can, you know, I, I kind of sit back and I go, why? But with this one, I can understand because as you said, it's a winter album. Um, and I'm going to say that, yes, lyrically, 
there is some there's uh, there's concept concept albums in theme. If I had to compare this to a quote another concept album, I'd compare it to Momentary Lapse of Reason, uh, and, which is Boo not a good album. No, 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 right, right, no. In terms of it, in terms of it was a solo album, and they just tacked the name of the band on it so it would sell. Well, in a way, no, 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 no. In the terms of that every Pink Floyd's a concept album. This is something that the band came out with for PR for Momentary Lapse of Reason. And in this one, it wasn't a concept album in the sense of a traditional concept album. It was every song was supposed to be about a mistake, right? Like that's why it was called Momentary Lapse of Reason. It's about the mistake that you get. Um, and wow. the biggest mistake they did was ever releasing that fucking album. I, you and me both, right? Um, I, I mean, I broke up with a girl because she gave me that album as a present. Um, not, <laughs> no, 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 not, not actually, but it went against her, and we did end up breaking up shortly after. So I compare it in terms of lyrically, there's some themes, right? There's There's some themes going on. But musically as well, there's songs that like, you know, um, Mother I've Taken LSD, You and Me Selling Weed, um, We Die When We're High, there are overlapping notes and sounds and beats that bring you back to those songs. So in that regards, it's, I think, very effective in weaving this story, not necessarily lyrically, but weaving a, a story um, musically, um, kind of like a pros and cons of hitchhiking in a way um, as well. Comparing Again, I compare a lot of things because I think Floyd was the master of this is concept where I would album. probably disagree. I would probably say this is more of like the medley on Abbey Road. Ooh. The songs interconnect with each other, but they really work on their own and they're kind of separate. That's how I feel. That's why I don't feel like this is a concept album. It's just it's a themish thematic album, but I don't think it's concept. Fair. And that's no that that's fair. And again, lyrically, you can't really call it a concept album, right? It's not flowing, it's not telling a true narrative, but it's it's going into themes, and that's you know in that regards, it's a it's an album all about the American head, which they view as from a, a drug fueled standpoint. Which, if you know anything about Flaming Lips, probably a very accurate yeah. <laughs> viewpoint that they have. Well, um, it's weird because I I believe like Wayne Coyne and who's the other guy uh, Stephen Drozd, uh, they're they've been sober for a while, but sober uh, for a long time. But like you know, uh, it, this is probably their most overt drug references, but it works here. Like I'm not a big fan of like drug songs, like yes. 420 bullshit or that. But like I, they're not doing that here. They are. Uh, it's more of like looking back, and this is what they were doing at the time. It's not really promoting it. It's just that's where they were mm -hmm. when these lyrics take place. And if you listen to the lyrics, and if you look at the lyrics, and you listen to the tones of the music, it's done with some regret. Yeah. Um, and you know that's not saying that they regret the fact that they did drugs or did these things. They, I think, they regret the importance that they put on it in terms yeah. of, you know, because I'll sit there and I'll be the first one to to say I advocate drug use. <laughs> well, it, to me, did you? So I'm just gonna. This kind of felt like almost like a eulogy of what's quote unquote those days you know what i mean like and they're yes. happy to kind of be burying it very much so i got the same 
vibe as you on that, that this was kind of them burying the past, the eulogy, but it also is a song about uh, an album about regrets. There's a lot of regret here. And I think they're looking at things where they are now and where they were. And I yeah. think they regret some of the roads they took to get to where they are. Yeah. Well, Their road to, over the years is, you know, there's casualties. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yes. you know, it, that just happens in life, especially when you know people who do a lot of drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I have known people. And a lot of times those are not, uh, they don't have happy endings a lot of the time. No, and you know, uh, I mean, I'm gonna get very personal for a second because I think this album really related to me in that regards, because uh, pretty much through my most of my groups of friends, um, and just kind of having that life, even from going from middle school to high school, to um, you know, the short time I was in college, to uh, in my really up until I was about 26, 27, um, drug use was around me constantly. I was kind of the oddball in the regards that I, I would do the things sometimes, but it never hooked me. Like it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. You know, um, you know, that's just the way my my personality was. I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah. Uh, but, a lot of people aren't as fortunate. And I'm no, kind of like in the same boat. I, mm-hmm. At least, and then, but for me, it was like after when I turned like twenty. I really made an effort to distance myself from the drug culture people. Mm-hmm. It, it was not really anything personal for to them because, like, a lot of them I considered really good friends. It was just I did not want to be around it anymore. Nope. And for me, it was about 23, 24 that I did have to make a decision and I cut some some friends out. Now, amazingly enough, a lot of those friends came back into my life, um, are clean, sober, um, you know, uh, or have, you know, gotten themselves in a level where they can maintain what they do. Right. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of losses along the way too. Yep. And, you know, we, again, you and I both know people personally that have died from substance abuse. Let's just put it out there. Um, I mean, I have substance related, uh, you know, substance abuse related, uh, deaths. Yeah, it's, and that's what another thing that really, you know, like what we're talking about. This is why a lot of the lyrics in this album resonated with me. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think since you and I have kind of been it, it feels like weird, you know, I think Wayne Coyne really struck a nerve with me with, yes, with the lyrics with that. Because, like, he's looking back at 60. You and I are turned 40 this year, or at least I turned 40. Uh, you're short. You're nope. I turned 40. I turned 40. 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're looking back too. you know, and it's, you know, I think that's what resonates. It's like, you don't, you, you could be, tw- I bet you could be 25 and listen to this album and be like, and be able to look back like, yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. just depends on your life experiences. Well, and I think, I think part of what this shows is, and why I think it's brilliantly named American Head is because it just goes to show that I don't care if you're from New York or, or better yet, let me put it this way. I don't care if you're from Manhattan, New York, or Manhattan, Kansas. Um, drugs, in some way, shape, or form, have had a positive and negative effect. And when I, you know, that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, and it goes to show just how ingrained it is in us. And I, you know, um, there's some political things that we could talk about off air um, that I am very grateful for that we've um, that we've seen some headway in this in terms of like redefining the way that we're going to go about 
um, some some states are redefining the way to go about drug abuse and drug how to handle it because I think you know uh, it's, it's the, a universal thing I think I mean it's like drug culture or whatever it's pee in the pool of mm-hmm. the fabric of our reality it's it's there so for me it was really hard for me to find a song that I didn't like on this album to be truthful with you um, you know I had one okay <laughs> what and what was your one. I did not like watching the light bugs grow. Okay. I just, I just, for whatever reason, like Mm -hmm. I like it, you know, and here's the thing. Like when I say I don't like it, it's I'm comparing it to the rest of these, the songs on the album. It it takes like, if I'm, if I straight up say, I fucking hate this song, that means I literally hate it. This one, I just dislike compared to the others. Yeah. And it's a transition song and it just doesn't work as well for me as the other tracks. I, Okay. Yes, I'm glad you brought this up because the thing I was going to bring up was that song I felt was too early for a transition. Like you're in song <laughs> one and then you're going to a transition song. Outside of that, I think this could have been a really good place for like right after Assassins of Youth and then going into God and the Policeman of My Religion is You. I think that would have you know kind of done it. When I, I look at songs like my my favorite song on this album is Assassins of Youth. Because this one really resonates with me in terms of looking back and um, thinking about, you know, uh, like one of like the, the line is I was young yesterday, but now everything has changed after today. I don't know what to do. Oh, my younger self. I miss you. I think it's because we're turning 40. And this one was like, shit, you know, like 20 years ago doesn't feel like 20 years ago at this point. Uh, it still feels pretty fresh and raw to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree 100%. So uh, that one, but you, like, you listen to songs like when we, when we Die When We're High, which is the one right after that, you know, uh, one right before that. And, it, you know, it goes into their friends that, you know, uh, they were selling weed and then, you know, they, um, then their friends got all figured out by selling coke and working in the slaughterhouse. And, you know, you live what you do and they got blood in their shoe. You know, um, it, it's just, it's really, really poetic. And yes, Mother, Please Don't Be Sad, total highlight. I think the down the down tracks for me uh, were two, which is Watching the Light Bugs Grow, uh, God and the Policeman, and My Religion is You. Not that I didn't like them, it's just in compared to the rest of the album, those are the ones that just didn't resonate as much as the rest of it. Um, but it's still, to me, a solid solid a a plus album truly yeah um, and that's why i wanted that's why i wanted to do this particular album because i know we're going to get in the stuff that we don't like i'm going to yep. be bringing up uh, yep yep <laughs> I'm gonna... that's coming next week <laughs> see and i was going to do the same thing you i was going to take a highlight and then go into a low light we've been flying too high paul so we we have we've been too <laughs> buckle too up kind. Al, we have a rough ride next week <laughs> oh um, my god I, I, yeah, I'm excited. And you know, what's going to be really interesting is much like we ran into with cast that movie. I wonder if we're going to get to a point where we both decide to like rate the same album. I think it's going to be harder to do because there's much more music out there than there is movies. But I, yeah, I think, you know, I wanted to take us on a real high to make the high highs and the low lows. And ironically enough, this being an album about being high. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, even like just the, at the movies on Quaaludes, um, beautiful song, like for ridiculously, and the lyrically, it's not very, it's not the best. Uh, what, what would I call this? A high art in terms of lyrics. No, uh, but my God, the way that it's done is brilliant. 
And then you have things like that, and then you combine it with Mother, Please Don't Be Sad, which is the production on that song alone is worth a million dollars in my mind. And then you get into basically what is a kid laying, you know, what you picture a kid laying down, dying, um, his last thoughts. I mean, it's really, really profound. So you get these not so profound to these very profound songs. Yeah. And the Flaming Lips are really good at, uh, especially with this album because like a lot of times their stuff is somewhat more goofy uh mm-hmm. it's more like they they always seem like more of like a fun band and what i like about this is they're they're more reflective mm-hmm. we've kind of hammered and like so my two favorite songs are the mother songs yeah and that might have something to do uh my mom passed away like two years ago yep so i think those songs really just resonated with me being able like you know uh just because like one of my fears was like Oh shit! Like, what if something? Because you know, we did stupid things as kids. Oh god, yeah, we did. <laughs> and like, one of the fears was like my mom getting that phone call. You know what I mean? Uh, so that you know, don't be sad. And then mother taking LSD. I love it just because the title is kind of stupid. Yep. <laughs> but it, it really hammers home with like you know it. You know, you think it's going to be wild, and it's like no, it, it's changed. You know, the lyrics are about change changing how it, the drug changed him but it didn't change him for the a good right he's seeing the world of sadness uh yeah you know we got like talking about a friend going to the ward and uh tommy's crash and i think tommy that reference is uh, wayne coins either brother or a friend of his i think it was died. his brother yeah his brother died his brother. in a motorcycle crash mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean these are such personal songs Yes, I felt I felt a little uh, ambushed by it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know it, this it, is the band that gave us. She won't. She don't use jelly and uh, a buggin. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, what well, yum yum and uh, this came out with what yum yum and dragon. Uh, yeah. The ballad of yum yum and dragon, which was a single they put out. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the last time I think they kind of got like this kind of like reflective. One of their hit songs but i still like do you realize because you listen to that yes. lyrics, the lyrics of that song mm-hmm. it's really cheery but it's such a fucking depressing it, it's very beals in that regards where it's an yeah. upbeat song but the lyrics are a big fucking downer right yeah they're downer and with a glimmer of hope so mm-hmm. yeah so those two songs just hit home for me and that's why i really like you know kind of like the second half of this album because i feel like the material's a little stronger Yes. Uh, the production's stronger. The lyrics are way stronger for me. Uh, I think they, I think like, you know, what they're doing with the first couple songs is kind of like weaning us into a more serious uh, flaming. I think so. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, what would have been better if, you know, if watching the, the, the light bugs glow had been put right before, right after at the movies on Quaaludes, you know, make it the number seven song and then go into this whole really deep part of this album. I think that would have been brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, this Go also ahead. talked about uh, there is uh, a duet type of song, yes. "God yes. and the Policeman" with Casey Musgraves. Uh, when she first came out, I you know because I really don't pay attention to newer country because a lot of it's uh, shit. Yes, but like she is like pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yes, she you know, she really is. And you know this, this is really funny. Before I knew it was her, you know, I thought to myself when I heard her because she also does the um, the 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 vocalizing on. Um, watching the light bugs. <laughs> yes, and I immediately, I immediately went, "Oh, Flaming Lips is doing stuff with Miley again," uh, and that's not a <laughs> shot at her, but that's that's where my head went. And you know, to think about this, that that 
you know, it says a lot that Flaming Lips guy again in his sixties is giving a thirty-two-year-old country singer, singer-songwriter. You know, uh, I, they, they describe her mostly as like neo-traditional country, which I think is a good way of putting it. You know, it is a big stamp of approval. You know, here's this, you know, this band that does far out stuff. I'm sounding really old by saying far out stuff, but it's out there. I mean, this is not, again, I saw them on oddities. This is not mainstream. This is, uh, you know, one of those things where, you know, if you know the Fleming lips, you probably into some other bands that I could, you know, um, and to have them grab Katie Musgrave, Casey Musgraves for an album, um, and do a duet with and her to agree says a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's, she's not the only country link on this, too, because Micah Nelson, uh, mm-hmm. a Willie's kid. Yep. <laughs> yep. Micah Nelson did uh, did guitar on um, Will You Return When You Come Down? Yeah. And did backup vocals for it. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're on there. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. And the thing is, is that it, there's no country vibe to me on this album. No, no, none. Uh, this is again. This is a pretty downbeat album for yeah. a band. And it's not like they haven't done more downbeats. Like, but it's just this one's. I think with the lyrical content mixed mm-hmm. with it, 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 it again. It's a winter album. Like, it's perfect album to listen to as the winds blowing outside and snowing and shit like that. Yes, I'm gonna compare it. Like when we say it's a down album, I I, I don't think it's as down as say. <laughs> Lou Reed's Berlin. It's not it's not Lou Reed's Berlin, which to me is the most depressing album ever made. But it's around sea change level. Yeah. It's reflective. It's, it's reflective. Full, it's a reflective album. It's not an mm-hmm. album setting out to be uh, depressing. And you mentioned the comment about how, you know, the mother songs resonated with you, and I believe the reason why the Assassins of Youth resonate with me is and I'm going to totally admit this as a parent, I see some jealousy in my mind. Of looking at my kids and being like, God, to be that age again. And I think that's something that really kind of, you know, opened my eyes a little bit to that. Because, you know, I think parents, I think this isn't something that's discussed among parents, that there is some jealousy of your children. That you get to watch them <clears throat> be this age and do these things. And you sit there with all the knowledge you know and go, God, if I could have just fucking done, done it different. You know, and I think that's why that song resonates with me a little bit. I know that sounds weird as a parent saying I'm jealous of my kids. Uh, you know, youth and things like that. I love them to death. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking it that way. But it's also like to be able to put myself in their position and go, you got the whole fucking world ahead of you. Everything that you do, all these decisions that you lay out, you could be amazing, you know. And just to be able to have that cognizant, um, you know, it's like that thing. If I could go back with what I know now, I'd do things a lot fucking different. Yeah. But, you know. That's the thing is, uh, you know, you got to be go through those experiences to, to get that knowledge. You know, it's yep, yep. It's it's a tough it's a tough boat. So yeah. So overall, um, I think we both. I mean, would you recommend the album? Oh, absolutely. I get this. This grew on me, mm-hmm. and I, I listened to it in September. It was still <clears throat> nice and sunny out. It it didn't really work for me at that time. And like I said, my buddy's like, well, it's a winter album. And then so we sat down and like, so I listened to this a bunch of times and uh, on walks outside and, you know, uh, and just like seeing the, you know, because it, it's pretty desolate <laughs> in wintertime in the Midwest. <laughs> so it it's is kind of like just like, you know, it, it mirrored in a sense a lot of like how the world looked, looks at it- this time, especially. 
Yeah, I would fully recommend it. And I would say, you know, this is something also that I think I, I want to, you know, then she brought that up as well. Um, there's a lot of space, you know, <laughs> I mean, going back to the great Bruce Dickinson, um, you know, I explore the space. Um, there's a lot of space in this album that leaves a lot of room for that. And I think the instrumentation, the notes, yes, your you and your friend Caleb are nailed it. Like, this is totally a winter album. Yeah, so I would 100% uh, recommend this. It's Once you kind of get through the first few tracks, which, you know, kind of are a little sillier. Mm-hmm. Um, once, yeah, then it, once it starts really moving, it really moves. It's it's phenomenal. I yeah. I'm oh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but yes, yes, yes. Once it moves, it goes, and it's great. It's a wonderful ride. So, all right. So this is what we agree on. Um, I give it an A. Totally go out and check it out. Um, I'm not the only one, by the way, and you're not the only one. Um, Metacritic right now has an 81 out of 100. Um, Consequence of Sound gave it an A-. Un, uh, the Uncut gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, you know, um, Mojo, uh, Jude Rogers and Mojo praised the exact tracks that you talked about, Mother, which is really interesting. Um, Mother, I've taken LSD, Mother, Please Don't Be Sad, and Brother I. Uh, you know, so yeah, this is a thing that I, I don't know why it didn't. I mean, uh, in terms of charts, um, the highest it broke was five, and that was with the Scottish albums. Um, <laughs> it, it, in the U.S. Billboard 200, it only hit 172, and on top rock albums, it only hit 25. Which I don't know why this is on a rock album. This is not a rock album. Well, I mean, it's just they get bands like Flaming Lips are going to be lumped into the rock genre and that's yeah there's you know this is i have to go back to you know, i don't know if you i think you'll agree with me maybe you won't but i have to go back to, to zappa and say why the fuck are we limiting genres of music yeah i agree uh, it's it, you know i get why it's there because it, it's easier for people to kind of digest it a bit but i think it's also it's become so diluted at this point because mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll give you an example of why i think it's like labeling genres is crazy so i was working at electric fetus yeah six months before my last day there before i moved on to other things uh this guy came in and he wanted monk chants with trance music and he called it some genre like monk trance or something yeah my mom was was making it i thought he was fucking making it up i thought he was fucking with me no i was so mad and like he pointed these you know he's like well go and i went on all these uh you know, at the fetus, we had all these websites where we could special order it. And like none of the artists he was naming pops up. It wasn't until later, like I looked into it more and it is a genre. It's just one of those things where it's just like, do we really need to label something like that? Cause it's so confusing. Cause I'm uh, sure it doesn't sound anything like how it's labeled. <laughs> my, my mother went through a phase of that where um, that's all she listened to while getting ready for work. Um, yeah. Folks chanting to d- techno music. Uh, was, was that's quite, what they were talking about? It wasn't quite techno, but um, yeah, I mean, there was some electronica to it, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you know, it's like when you start, it's like just you know, these labels they get so specific now that it yes. just it, it's just too much, like just be like, it's this band where they well, sound just listen to it. <laughs> I, you know, what I, I'll say that I it was so funny because I, I ran into this as well, maybe I, you know, I think. I am, you know, you worked at a record store. I am pretentious. 
when it comes to music. Um, I was trying to explain to this one friend of mine that I really like shoegaze. And he had no idea what the fuck that meant and thought I was making up a genre. And I was like, no, shoegaze is a thing, dude. <laughs> it yeah. took him like a week and he came back. He's like, whoa, it is a thing. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking thing. It's shoegaze. Yeah, and it's, it, like, it's a it's a ridiculous label for mm-hmm. something that you could, you know, it's basically just, you know, it's just like a subset of like indie rock. Like it's, yeah. The shoegaze thing just makes it sound ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, it was. ridiculous. It's just... Well, it is in a way because the person who coined it was this um, uh, uh, re- um, music journalist or reporter or whatever. And he went to a show and he said, you know, because they were using so many pedals that they didn't look at the audience. They were just looking at the f- – they were gazing at their shoe uh, to know when to switch their pedals to get the next sound. So that's how it became shoegaze. It was literally something that fucking stupid. You want to so, know why I thought it was called shoegaze? Yeah, tell me. Because I've been to shows, shoegaze shows, and I thought it's because like the audience people are so depressed they're just staring at the floor. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how they are. They're just staring at the floor, kind of like moving back and forth with the music. That's why, honestly, that's why I thought it was called shoegaze. Fair enough. No, it was. It was joy. Yeah, it was because this. It, so it my. Because- I thought it was just as stupid as that report. Well, I, I mean, it's it's just as stupid as you thought, though, because how do you name a genre of music on that? You know what I mean? Oh, they're they're looking at their pedals. It's it's a shit shoegaze. Fuck off. So yeah, I, I you know I think I, but I'll be tell you what if I this I saw this like if I followed the billboards, which I don't anymore. We're like top twenty five rock albums. Oh, Flaming Lips is in the top twenty five. All right, cool. It's gonna be you know a rock album, and I got this. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is such a fucking downer. What the shit? So, yeah, I mean, I could see where someone would actually hate this album. Um, and I think that's the thing about Flaming Lips, though, ultimately. Either you're, with all their albums, in my mind, either you're in or you're out. There isn't really an in-between. Yeah. Alexa, like, my, you know, I, I can see there is a sum of in-between. But like more, maybe they're more, you know, like Yushimi. Like, there's a lot of people who like that who just didn't like anything else they ever did, just because it was so accessible, accessible, and so poppy and catchy. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are exceptions to that, and our transmissions, like their first major studio album, again, catchy, poppy as shit, uh, weird, but like not as like not as weird as they could they could get because we know they this band can get pretty weird. This again, I had I had Zurika. <laughs> okay, I had Zurika. Um, I, I it, saw the movie Christmas on Mars. Like that—that's another odd thing they did. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, you know, absolutely. And I, I'll straight up say I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, this is what I haven't seen. Maybe I'll do that for. Uh, maybe, maybe you and I can do a uh, cast that movie for that. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to relive. If, if, if you, if you Joe, don't do that for the Joe down. Um, speaking of the Joe down, buddy, what do you got going on? Uh, this week we released uh, 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 "Look Who's Talking" our review. <laughs> a movie that <laughs> it's once again another problematic John Travolta movie. Yeah, uh, I thought it was funny that you called out Joe's boss. <laughs> <laughs> 
you guys called him out about oh. how he took a woman to a date with a movie that opens with sperm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, Travolta plays a cab driver who's almost as disturbed as Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Hey, hey. but you know what, man? It's kind of like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing that I, I do disagree with your review a little bit on that, and then I'm going to let you do more plugs. It's kind of like why I love um, Big Trouble in Little China. Other than that, it's an amazing movie. It's because if Kurt Russell hadn't gone into acting, he would have been Jack Burton. He would have been Jack Burton because he would have been a truck driver. I feel like that um, Look Who's Talking works because I think if John Travolta hadn't gone into acting, he would have been fantastic as a New York ta- taxi driver. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> like that would have been all these call. questions of uh, Vincent Vega and Butch in Pulp Fiction, which came up a few years after. Which- <laughs> Two stars of Look Who's Talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, yeah, there is a connection there, isn't it? Cinematic universe, Look Who's Talking. Or <laughs> Tarantino to that cinematic universe. Oh, oh, fuck me. Jesus Christ. Okay, so what do you guys got coming up after that? What, do you, what, what uh, We are going to be reviewing uh, the Patrick Swayze movie Ghost. Yeah. Um, excited yeah. to see your take on it. I have my opinion. I don't want to. Uh, 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 the only interrupt. thing I remember is how, like, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, it's as a movie, but I just remember how horrifically violent the ending is. Yeah, it takes a quick left turn at the ending there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the antagonist goes out and probably one of the most gory things I had seen up to that point in life. Yeah, uh, there's some, um, well, we'll talk about next. Well, I'll, I'll, there's some pacing issues in that one, and it really is a product of its time. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's on the docket next. So that's All right. What's going on with you, Paul? Um, well, as you, uh, you know, by, hopefully by the time you guys hear all this, this will be already done. Um, but I'm in the process of this weekend is, is due weekend. I'm going to set aside everything. I'm going to finish up all the edits get everything up. I'm going to start, I'm going to make the migration. Uh, it will be, uh, coming up, figure out a new name. Um, we're going to move everything to, um, off of what we had. Um, bear beats and bobbleheads will be its own thing because that was done under my own. That was, that's controlled by Scott. Um, but, um, I'll be combining, um, the stranger things podcasts, the, uh, twin peaks podcast and the rate that, and the cast that movie and rate that album here. And I'm thinking about calling it the, the oh, I'm leaning towards the the Joe the the Joe pods, um, just so it fits with the demeanor of it, and then people could kind of go through, and I'll just come up with a different naming convention um, for everything because I'm limited on characters. But that should be all done and up. So by the time you guys hear all this, that will be done. Um, still waiting to do the inaugural new episode of Cast That Movie. I might pull you in to do a in betweener if you're all right with that. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting everything up, introducing everyone to Griffiny, um, introducing people to the new cast when they when we can finally sit down and and do that album, um, and uh, do the first cast that movie not album but cast that movie podcast and get everything centralized at the Joe Pod. Yeah, and once everything's kind of leveled out for for all of us, then we'll be doing the uh, the Parks and Rec. Yes. Podcast until, you know, since uh, Bears Beats is on hiatus for a little while. Yep. Uh, I think we need our sitcom fix 
We do. We do. And, you know, there's something else that I was going to bring up. Uh, I don't know if you're into it because you're already doing a lot of these with me and I'm already taking up a lot of your time. Um, and I got to figure out this. But, you know, um, I'm super excited that Babylon 5, the remaster, the HD remasters on HBO Max. Um, and I like to do something about that while it's still up and running. Um, I don't know if you ever got in that show, but to me, uh, it is really, 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 really uh, from like 2016 to even now, it became really fucking relevant. <laughs> yep, I've never seen it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, well, I'll talk to you off air about that because I'll set you up for what you should expect. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got going on over there. So yes, everything should be in the newly named Joe pod, um, the Joe pods, plural, and everything, sh everything will be up because I'm just going to bear down Saturday morning. Uh, once I got the, once I got the kids situated where they're going to go and I'm just going to plow through everything. Fantastic. Yeah. I just, uh, I got, I'm kind of at that point now where I'm like, I, I got the drive. I'm ready to go kind of getting out of my winter funk as we talked about a winter album speaking of albums joe you you said you're gonna hit me over the head with something uh what's coming yeah. up next week yeah this might take the wind out of your sails <laughs> i am picking an album that is uh even universally reviled by the fans of this band holy <laughs> fuck what are we doing <laughs> yes uh <laughs> paul hold it you sitting down uh, yeah, I'm sitting my ass down. Paul, we're going back to 1981. And we're going to visit a concept album by a band that had no right making a concept album. We are going to be listening to Music from the Elder by Kiss. Oh, mother. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. The album that made the demon cry. And I will share a YouTube clip of Gene Simmons playing a song off this album. And has it ends with a single tear rolling down his makeup face. Oh, <laughs> God, dude. Now you know how Joe Brown and I feel every week. We never know. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what, though? I'm excited. Honestly... I'm excited because this is the shit I get into. So this is going to well, be Well, the reason I picked it is the background story of this is kind of wild. And plus, there's a reason to give me a. What I like about this is it gives us a reason to actually listen to an album that we. I've never heard anything besides the one song I mentioned. Okay, perfect. See, so I love this. It just and gives us a chance. And if, you know what? If it sucks, it sucks. Yep. I'm going to do. I'm going to do something. The same thing with mine. Uh, it's a song I've heard one song off of, and um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go from there. So, um, all right. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I not, no, this is going to ruin one thing of me that I always say, hey, at least if anything goes wrong in my life, I could say I've never listened to a full Kiss album. Uh, <laughs> so now that's out of the out of there. Wow, that's a. Yeah, dude, you, you slapped me up the head with a fucking carp cock on that one. Um, <coughs> yeah, yeah I, I might. By the time it's done, I might wish a, a ten uh, colonoscopies on you <laughs> <laughs> with a brick. Um, all right, fuck. Okay, all right, I'm all in. I'm all in. So, all right. Um, with that. 
um joe, i think it's time i called my mother and told her i've taken lsd